Ahoy, matey. There be whales in these deep waters. <laughs> they be seeking some Bitcoin booty by the trunk load and paying attention to what they be doing may be the key to the next tier bull run. Warren Buffett knows a thing or two about booty, too. He decided to load up his treasure chest, ya barnacles, with gold. That also could be big news for Bitcoin. And the digital dollars finally in sight for the Fed as they begin to reveal their plans for the future of money. So much news, so much Bitcoin, so much booty walk the plank shake your booty and get in here for episode number 437 of the bad crypto podcast five four three two one zero who's bad yard mr joel come welcome to the yard to the bad crypto podcast Oh, shiver me timbers there, my lad. How are you? Guy, we'd be shivering. Yo, ho, ho, in a bottle of booty. What'd you call me? <laughs> a bottle of booty? No, you call me a ho. <laughs> Yo, ho, ho. Yo, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm surprised I have my voice after trying to pull off that pirate voice. The show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto whales, apparently, that are <laughs> You know, that's even better if you could see Travis's face as he's doing that. <laughs> it's 10 times funnier than uh, just the noise. Uh, we got a lot of news to cover for you today. Before that, just want to say my email box was loaded up with confirmations today, and I got confirmations of a number of you that have opened up your account with eToro.com, and you are claiming your $50 in free Bitcoin from us here at Bad Crypto. I'll be sending those out here over the next 24 hours. If you're not among that number and you're a U.S. citizen, what are you waiting for? I mean, this, you know, this ain't going to last forever. Nothing's forever. Nothing. Elvis yeah. died, you know? So if Elvis can go, it's, we're all doomed. Dude, Elvis but, died like yeah. in his early 40s. Yeah, he wasn't healthy. Yeah, that's true. So you're healthy and you like the Bitcoins, go to badco.in forward slash eToro get your 50 bucks you want to load up your account then you verify that shoot it over all the stuff's on that link badco.in forward slash etoro go ahead and do it yar and now let's be looking at the news of the day i'm stamp august 19th in the year 2020 it's actually 8 34 p.m mountain time on a wednesday evening because mr travis wright will not be available to record bad news on Thursday. And we're looking at CoinGecko.com, a $375 billion market cap. Bitcoin, 11750 Ethereum, $410. XRP, $0.29. Cents, Tether, $0.99. Chainlink, $16.56. Bitcoin Cash, $292. At number seven is Litecoin, just shy of $63. Cardano, $0.13. Cents. Bitcoin SV at $207. And rounding out the top 10 is Binance, at 2247 and hot on its tail mr travis wright a nice little run for eos at 341 i think during this this week we had a bit of a, a run where bitcoin went over twelve thousand dollars has pulled back eos almost hit four bucks and a number of cryptos had a nice week mm. 
Yeah, there are some that had some nice weeks. So one of them is NXM, which uh, is at $51. It went up 158% in the past seven days. Yearn.finance, they're up 122%. Reserve rights token, RSR. I hear a lot of people chirping about this on Twitter. And they're like, you can't believe when it's going to go moon. Reserve rights token RSR is going to blow up. Like literally, like I, we get tweets that all the time. It went up 118% this week. You hear the chirping? And I was like, OMG. And that token actually went up 103% this past week. Waves up 78%. Mm-hmm. Ren, 56%. Ocean to- uh, Protocol, 43%. Quant, 37%. Tron, up 34%. And Uma, she was up 29%. How do you know Uma is a she in this case? I mean, oh, what? Uma Thurman is uh, the only answer there. Basic attention token up 24% too. And Lind up 26%. So those are some big ones popping. Yep. Uh, you know, we've got some downs as well. Nest Protocol, Numerare, Bancor, Balancer, Ampleforth, Band Protocol, Compound, Tezos, Swipe, Elrond, Ziliqua, Kusama, all down for the week. Nothing yeah, a lot, of those, a lot of those are actually DeFi products. Well, DeFi kind of pumped, right? And so yeah. uh, there, there's definitely a lot of hype around DeFi right now. And uh, for those who have forgotten, we are the DeFi DoFi because we don't know doof about DeFi. But we got a, a dude who's not a DoFi who will be on and chatting about this here shortly. Very, very soonly. So all this talk about whales and whale sounds. Apparently, there's something called whale clusters. And this is uh, a lot of whales that are buying or selling at the same time, right? They're clustering together. And uh, they're saying that large buyers bought in the $9,000 to $12,000 range. Those that bought at $9,000 are getting high profits. And those that bought at the top are the break even. And they believe that these clusters could result in volatile price action where buyers and sellers aggressively try to break out from the twelve dollars to $14,000 price range. Mm. So these whale clusters are not actually beluga whales or great whales or any of that. They were oh. has nothing to do with Shark Week. Nothing to do with nothing pirates. To do with pirates. Oh man, I'm very, very disappointed. However, twelve to fourteen thousand being a key area for Bitcoin in the near term sounds like pretty good news. That that makes me want to do more whale sounds. But I think we've done enough for those who don't think we need to hear those anymore. But we are a little bit lower. We're a little bit under the twelve k range right now. Um, there was some Yahoo in our <laughs> chat group in our blockchain heroes room was like, uh, was like, oh yeah, uh, Bitcoin's going down to six hundred, going down to six hundred dollars. I predicted everything last year. I told you. <laughs> like, okay, okay. I don't Jimmy. even know why you would draw attention to that type well, of Yahoo ness. Well, because he's a Yahoo, and I'm like, I just want to say, okay, Jimmy. Comic relief. It wasn't Jimmy. It wasn't Jimmy. No, it was no, somebody Jim, else. Jimmy's okay. We like Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, there's several Jimmys, but this guy was we, a Jimmy. We like them all. We like all the Jimmys. Okay. But this guy was not a Jimmy at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know who did call it correctly, and we're still would love to get him on the show, Kim.com. Mm-hmm. Um, predicted a couple of years ago that uh, that Bitcoin would go up. He says that the U.S. dollar will become worthless. A U.S. economic collapse is imminent and all old money currencies are going down the big crash is coming 100 percent, and he uh he said that um bitcoin is the future well i mean we said that too mm-hmm. 
he's not saying anything we didn't say. Well, we have said, we talked about this time and time again, buy Bitcoin, buy gold. We're not financial advisors, but probably not a bad idea, especially when the printer is going brr, the U.S. dollar, they're printing, 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 printing. And uh, people are believing that a U.S. economic collapse is imminent and they think this old money is going to go down. So uh, hedge your bets, folks. That could happen. We never know what's going to happen, but we're going to see. We're going to see what's going down in this attack. Well, you know, both Bitcoin pulled back from its run, and I'm pulling up here to see what happened with gold. You know, it went over $2,000. It's sitting as of right now at about 1950. Silver is just shy of $27. So the precious metals are still holding from this run pretty well. And if you look at the chart for the U.S. dollar, it's just like it's it's going. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even make any sense to sell any crypto into dollars right now because if the value of the dollar keeps going down, um, and and pretty soon it it does become worthless. And well, what the only time maybe you need to do that is whenever you need to like pay some bills or something, like convert some cryptos to that. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and the elephant in the room is not Kim.com, but it's the picture of this. Like it's like he's got the Bitcoin guys facing him, like check 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 out my crotch. And, uh, <laughs> and then Kim.com's got a magnifying glass. I mean, and then he's got this other thing. I don't even know what it is, but it, it looks like he's checking out the Bitcoin guy's genitals. It's really weird. <laughs> it is a strange picture. What does he do? He's like, he's got like a light, a laser on his wrist. Is it's that like what it is? Touching, it's touching the Bitcoin's <laughs> wrist. I don't understand that picture. I don't get that either. Could the artist at Cointelegraph please tell us exactly what's going on here in this photo? Of he's all spread out. Look at him, and he's like, he's got his, he's <laughs> his crotch at him. You know, <laughs> he's got his little magnifying glass. <laughs> when when you look at a Bitcoin with the two lines through it, it's more it's yeah. like a double penis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like check me out. Double I penis. I got two of them. I'm a double dog oh. guy. <laughs> Double dog guy. <laughs> DDG. Uh, speaking right. of double dog guys, Warren Buffett's in the news here. Uh, and he apparently, his Berkshire Hathaway sold bank stocks to buy what? Gold. And people are saying that, well, that's going to indirectly increase the price of Bitcoin. Uh, Max Kaiser, who, of course, would say stack sats is the one who is commenting on this. Yeah, he says this. Uh, global 100 trillion fund management business is less than 1% invested in gold. With Buffett now moving into gold, expect global allocation of 5% uh, gold minimum implies $5,000 gold. Expect a 1% uh, Bitcoin global allocation of 1 trillion. This implies $50,000 for Bitcoin. Uh, expect PTJ, which I don't know what that means, ups to 10%. So I don't know what PTJ means. Praise the Jesus. <laughs> I don't think that's what that means <laughs> at all. I don't know what it means. But uh, Travis Kling, who is a portfolio manager in Ikage fund founder said today it was announced Berkshire Hathaway just bought its first gold stock ever. The reasons are self-apparent at this point, just in case you're wondering what the coming years are going to look like for Bitcoin. This was Buffett on gold in 1998. 
And so, you know, he's basically saying Buffett is is lagging behind. He's been stock, 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 stocks. And now he's gone in on gold big time. So, you know, how far behind can Bitcoin be? Well, when he's got billions of dollars to toss around and if he's going five percent of his uh, wealth going in the gold, just that. I mean, he's worth, you know, at least 50 billion dollars. I don't know how much Berkshire Hathaway is worth on its own, how much money they're they're stacking but if they're if they're popping that much money in that's several billions like maybe 10 who knows how many billions is going to be moved into gold from just that one guy and if there's going to to um to five percent of his holdings in gold then that could be a big big deal mm-hmm so this article in Forbes by Jason Brett talks about how the Federal Reserve is now um, researching plans for the digital dollar that the you know they are being transparent that they are looking into researching and experimenting with digital currencies and distributed ledger technologies uh, this is you know a no-brainer that this has got to happen i would imagine that our government is paying attention to the fact that china is already rolling out you know a test pilot for the digital one and since, uh, you know, the president's always talking about China being the one to fear, it seems like we need to uh, to be taking a look at this. However, the um, at a recent hearing in the House of Representatives in response to a question from Congressman Tom Emmer, federal chairman Jerome Powell noted that he did not believe private sector involvement in the production of U.S. dollars would be trusted by the citizens. He said, I do think this is something that the central banks have to design. Of course he did. Quote, the private sector is not involved in creating the money supply. That's something the central bank does. Mm-hmm. That's something the central bank does. Now, I'm adding this article right here, Mr. Joel Com, because I, I saw this one as well. And the Fed has partnered with MIT to develop a hypothetical digital currency. And the, so the Fed is investigating whether a central bank digital currency. Let me change. Let me. What is that? I love how those I love how videos just pop up sometimes. That's always fun. Um, they just want to see if it's going to be safe and efficient for widespread use. And they're taking a look at this and they're going to create this digital currency to maybe test and see how does it work. And so they're going to be able to um, to gain some some interesting information from that. And the Boston uh, Fed president, Eric uh, Rosengren, says they're trying to determine if they can meet the design requirements of a U.S.-based central bank digital currency. And uh, they're going to spend some time and some money testing that. Mr. Jolcom. It's coming, ready or not. There, there ain't no stopping it, gang. And the uh, Fed isn't the only part of the U.S. government that's looking at blockchain technology. You know, there's the controversy over mail-in ballots is happening right now. And the U.S. Postal Service is saying that, okay, we're going to look at a new blockchain patent for voting called the Secure Voting System. 
It's a quote filed like this, a voting system that can use the security of blockchain and the mail to provide a reliable voting system. A registered voter receives a computer readable code in the mail and confirms identity. That sounds like voter ID to me and confirms correct ballot information in an election. The system separates voter information and votes to ensure vote anonymity and stores votes on a distributed ledger in a blockchain. Makes sense to me. Dude, this was the very first thing that really got us talking about blockchain back in 2016 because there was all this stuff that was going on about it and, oh, did Russia do this or this and that and all the the craziness of the 2016 election, which seems like 2020 is, might even be more crazy. But we talked about it then, like we need voter ID of some sort to prove that you're you. We need some sort of validation of these votes. I need to be able to make sure that I can see my vote somewhere on a blockchain. doesn't necessarily need to be attached to my name, but I need to be able to see it somewhere that it's verified. Mm-hmm. And there's there are, there are some valid concerns about this. I mean, if you look at it objectively and take out your, your bias that you have, there, in multiple states, there's been, what, three to five, some states even 10% of undeliverable votes or mm-hmm. ballots that never got to the to the people. Sometimes there there people who lived at this place four or five years ago are still getting ballots. And if you know if somebody gets five or six ballots mailed to them and they're you know big on politics, what do you think they're going to do? Probably going to mail them out. Now so, that doesn't, it doesn't happen. It, it doesn't. There's no such the, thing the as news, mailing. The from. news told me that it doesn't happen. See, here's one of the problems: is that people don't understand the difference between a absentee ballot and a universal mail-in yeah. election. You know, and, and for those of you that don't know, because there's people I see on Twitter, they're like, we already have absentee ballots. What's wrong with mail-in? Here's the difference. You have to request an absentee ballot. You have to actually ask for it. Say, I'm, I, I, this individual with my name living at this address mm-hmm. will not be able to vote in person at the election, as opposed to universal mail-in ballots, which is basically a couple hundred million ballots sent to every address in the U.S. Blank ballots sent out blanket to everybody. Huge difference, world of difference, worlds apart. And if you didn't know the reason why so many oppose that, and if you don't think that that is subject to be rife with fraud, then you got your head buried somewhere in deep in the Sahara Desert. Because uh, is- I, I, could spend, I could spend an hour doing deep research <clears throat> and, and find 25 instances of it. Of course you, you know? could. You know, you can't. And what's interesting about it now is that the new the new ballots, actually, there's like a little punch hole in, in some of the states. There's a little punch hole. So whenever you fold your ballot in, it sees if it's red or if it's blue. And so if somebody has some bias at in the process of picking up the mail and delivering to wherever the things are getting voted, if somebody has some bias in there and they see the a bunch of these blue ones, and maybe they want to throw them away. They see a bunch of red ones. Maybe they want to throw them away. What and I want to know. Blockchain, is, you don't know if your vote ever made it into the system. What happens to the hanging chads? Where do they go? Chad is, is too busy hooking up with the Karens. So he I guess care. so. I guess yeah. so. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess Chad is a thing now. Somebody somebody called me a neck bird, neck beard Chad <laughs> the other day. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a compliment. Well, or not. Chad being a Chad is like Chad's get all the women. Oh, like, it started with Chad Thundercock. Okay, but I don't yeah. even have a neck beard. I mean, you do kind of have a little bit of a neck beard. 
not much. I mean, neck beards go like, you know, way down oh, right, that's true. here. This is just like a normal beard. Well, speaking of Russians and hacking election, let's go to over to what part, used to be part of uh, USSR is now Ukraine. Apparently, big money laundering of $42 million. Binance and Ukraine captured cyber criminals. They have got them. They are locked up uh, because of ransomware and money laundering oh operation. God in now suspects are in custody. Wow. So this criminal group has been laundering millions of dollars in crypto since 2018 uh, when crypto was down low. <laughs> so imagine they got all their money laundering down there at the lows. And now here we are at near 12. So, man, they made some profits, boy. But they're all in jail now. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So they've been they've been laundering money. And, and Binance says that, you know, they, they said the suspects were all Ukrainian nationals and they were arrested in June 2020, and they were primarily operating in Ukraine, but also involved in several cyber attacks on a global scale. And uh, that's crazy. So good job. I guess Binance was working with the British prosecutors, working with some other people and um, yeah, finding some finding some cryptos and uh, arresting the people who are doing bad stuff. You do the crime, you pay the time. Assuming these were Ukrainian men means more beautiful Ukrainian women now available for you, Mr. Travis Wright. For anybody who like to go to Ukraine, uh, they've they've arrested all of these guys, and now there's yes more more Ukrainians. Very good, yeah. very good point. I will be back very shortly, Mr. Jolkov. I'm going to Ukraine now. Go to Ukraine. Well, your uh, your not brother Turner Wright writes for Coin Telegraph, and just a little bit to the west in Bulgaria, there is a startup, the Colibra app, not to be confused with Libra, and they are coming up with a method to um, to pay passengers who experience a flight delay of uh, an hour or more adding crypto as a payment option. So you can actually get, you know, if your flight is delayed too long and they're going to reward you, you can get a uh, Bitcoin payout, no matter what the reason for the, you know, that the airline provides. Hmm. You know, there's some interesting times that happen whenever, you know, oh, somebody needs to get on a flight. You can get bumped and they say, hey, we'll give you $200 worth of credit if you be bumped. Oh, well, maybe $500. Like they, they literally keep up in the ante until, right. you know, they're, they, they bump people. I don't think there's necessarily that happening as much now with the not as many people on the flights. But, yeah, I like this idea. Delay. Yeah, give me some, pay me something. Delight me with something good. You like being delighted, don't you? It's good. It is. What's right. the opposite of delighted? Everybody likes to disgruntled. Be disgruntled. Yes. Mm -hmm. Disgruntled or delighted? What would you? Yeah, hey, we were talking about this. So we we talked a little bit about some government stuff. We talked about IDs. We've talked about this a lot in the past. Check out, Mr. Jokom, what South Korea is doing. There are now more than one million South Koreans that have a blockchain driver's license, and they just launched this thing in May. Wow. So this is a new form of digital identification. Yeah. So they've foregone physical driver's license in favor of this blockchain-powered one that is in conjunction with the PASS, P-A-S-S, -S, smartphone app. So I guess, you know, you know, South Korea, they are super technologically advanced, and they're always sort of up in the ante on stuff. You know, QR codes, they, they picked them up there. T9 texting and the, all this other stuff. Like, so much happens in South Korea um and here they are they have uh, they have 32.6 million licensed drivers and now a million of them 
have a blockchain driver's license, digital ID that can be used throughout South Korea. And uh, I think that's awesome. They could use it for ID, for proof of age requirements. They can use it at uh, retail chains selling cigarettes and alcohol. They show their license via a barcode or QR code on the app. And non-Korean residents get English versions of their licenses. Uh, they're looking at using them for rental cars, ride sharing, and uh, using these IDs as a replacement for face-to-face -face verification checks. I am who I am. I like this but I don't like this. There's something I don't like about this that I would like to see optimized. <clears throat> so what happens if my battery's dead on mm. my phone? And I go, oh, my phone. Like, okay, well, we need to see your ID. I'm like, okay, well, give me a charger, right? I give me. How about give me a physical one that has that QR code on the back of it so I can, if I don't have my phone with me, which would be rare, or my battery is dead, at least I can show it to you and you can scan it and connect it and see it. You know, this is why you're just making the case for being embedded with a chip. And that's what they're going to say. And that's how they're going to get is people. That what should do? Well, what if the battery in your chip dies? Well, it won't. It's It'll be like an RFID or something that won't need a battery. Yeah. But they'll be able to read. I love chips. I had some jalapeno crunchy chips that are sour so cream and onion dip. Um, yeah, I like French onion a little bit more, but it's good. Yeah. I do like some dips nice sure. you know it hasn't been that long since we interviewed akon who is busy building the uh the cryptos akon city in senegal mm -hmm. and uh it, it is underway it's a six billion dollar project and akon wants to use crypto to empower africans uh beginning in senegal and they have started uh maybe we're gonna have to go to africa mr travis right yeah they have i believe broken ground so Six billion dollar crypto run futuristic city in Senegal. He says he wants his city to resemble Wakanda and uh, in more ways than just its futuristic appearance. I want to see how they do that big bubble around the city then. That'll be right. Cool. Well, uh, the first phase um, is expected to be completed by 2023, just three years down the road. And uh, the entire city running on the a coin crypto is expected to be completed by 2029 you know wow. a coin is remember it's based on stellar mm -hmm. so i think that's i mean what a great use case for uh, for stellar the pictures in this article on bitcoin.com of what a coin city um could look like you need to go check this out go to our show notes badco.in forward slash 437 and look at these futuristic pictures look at the building there in the the middle with the kind of wavy glass it's kind of like a blobby thing like it's okay yeah. to have it's okay to have cool funky buildings but like rectangles are pretty good buildings too I don't know, like that one looks super leany. I don't know. That's like a big it, it looks like the millennial ball that's in Chicago, and that's I'm gonna live in that. Like rectangles are pretty good buildings too. That's yeah, I mean, I mean, because there's not one rectangle building on this picture here. It's all like blob blobules. It's shapey. Some of some of the shapey blobules look, like, look like roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> don't they? They like a Econ city where the buildings are really weird and trippy. <laughs> Ripple is in the news again here. Mohammed Musharraf writes that Ripple aims to become the Amazon of the cryptocurrency world. They're looking for new use cases and love it or hate it. You know, even though it's very centralized and there's all kinds of issues around it, they still are 
a top crypto and they are making moves up to now they've really just worked with banks and and uh, funded millions to blockchain and crypto startups but now they are revising their growth strategy a uh, quote from Brad Garlinghouse is Amazon started as a bookseller and just sold books. We happen to have started with payments. Two years from now, you're going to find that Ripple is to payments as Amazon was to books. That is some bold talk right there. And, you know, it might be time for us to have Mr. Garlinghouse back on the show, Trav, because it's been about two and a half years and much has happened. Yeah, I want to know why he said that, because one of the reasons why Amazon was so successful was that one click purchase patent that they have you know it's a whole lot of other it would be awesome if a lot more e-commerce businesses had that but they don't because amazon has the patent on that one click thing uh, well bezos wanted to make it so easy for people to, to buy something you can go click and buy and it's in your cart and ready to go and yeah i think that's it's kind of it's not awesome that other businesses can't use that feature well, he's saying that they're planning on going big on promoting the creation of new applications on the Ripple network. So they want to create some developer tools so that it's easy for people to make blockchain-based applications. And when you empower developers with tools, then they are the ones that build the use cases around it, whereas Amazon did it themselves, right? right. So uh, there's definitely a difference there. You know, if you incentivize developers with some with some crypto and, and then they have a stake in it and they're interested in it and then they're going to want to build it because they want their crypto to grow, that's when developers really get active and, and really excited about stuff. So I don't know. I know that, you know, Ripple has a ton of XRP sitting back in its vaults, which is one of the reasons that some people get scared off of Ripple because it's basically kind of a centralized thing that just Ripple owns. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be great to have Brad back on there. He he went to the same university I did. So rock chalk, Mr. Brad Garlinghouse. Oh, there you go. A little Jayhawk action. Uh, this piece from Gareth Jenkinson on Cointelegraph is titled Blockchain Phones and Bitcoin Watches Revisiting the Crypto Tech Hype. You know, there's a lot of talk about the Internet of Things. And and again, the, the image here, I've got it. I want to know what the artist was thinking, because there's this woman sitting on the sofa and she's got her smartphone in her hand. Mm -hmm. There's a TV on the wall behind her. There appears to be like a Roomba vacuuming. And there's all of these lines these that are connecting dots, very high techy. But it's not just going from her smartphone to her TV. It's like going to a point on the wall and then another point on the wall. It's like you're not controlling the wall i'm pretty sure they just ran they've run out of ideas at this point and i have had that i've had that problem before and i actually made a joke about it i was in a hotel room and the tv so literally there's a couch on the wall and on that wall was the tv and that was pretty much the only thing you could sit in and i'm like why in the hell is the tv on that wall instead of this wall or that wall i gotta turn around sit on the couch and then like turn around and be like look at this tv so or maybe you gotta hold your phone up and so selfie mode so you can look at the tv behind you that's ridiculous i want to try out a blockchain smartphone mr travis right the galaxy s10 is the one that people know about the most um, because you can store your crypto private keys which mm -hmm. people are calling samsung Knox after fort Knox, oh. uh, and uh, they support over 30 different cryptos uh, but there's others as well and i have yet to play with a blockchain phone yeah, HTC has its own blockchain phone, the Exodus, that launched in March 2019. That was originally only for pre-purchase using crypto, but it also became available. So 
But there's also um, Samsung launched the Clayton phone, which is a variant of the Galaxy Note 10. Um, I just don't like Android devices, really. I mean, Android kind of bugs me. I really wish that there there was an additional one. Now, there was Syrian Labs that uh, were the first one to launch that with the Finney back in 2018 and but is i need i need an alternative mobile operating system that's not apple or google or right. you know a chinese company that i don't trust like i need an open source blockchain something that's like you know i don't know it's just it, hard it, the market will respond to that and and it will come um there's there's no question about that so you know there's also um Swiss watchmakers that are making timepieces inspired by Bitcoin. In fact, we saw, uh, where was it? It was at Mike Tyson's mansion, right? They had uh, World Crypticon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a watch vendor. I don't know if it was um, the one that's listed here in this article, Hublot, or not, but the Swiss, oh, it was Frank Miller. That was it. It was Frank Miller watches. Remember, we got to look at those things that were- Yeah, they're very fancy. I bought 14 of them for me and my tires. And uh, and I wear it all the time. I forgot how to charge it. I lost my keys already. But the uh, the Miller and Crypto line now features different styles for men and women, with price tags ranging from twenty thousand to sixty five thousand. The watches are made of various luxury metals, including gold, diamond, and carbon fiber. They're uh, I'm a big fan of the diamond metal. They're deep, cold storage wallet cannot be hacked and uses offline generated, non-deterministic, true random number generated. So, I mean, I guess you could wear it on your wrist, but I, I, I'm not one for bling to begin with. I'm not one for showy jewelry. I don't wear jewelry at all. I'm not one for uh, showy cars. You know, I feel like it's fine if you're a car person and you like Lambos and, you know, Ferraris. I, they're fun. It was fun driving it up and down the strip when we were there for World Crypticon. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't see owning one. That's just me. No judgment on those who do. I just don't want to draw attention to myself by being super showy. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I've never had a super fancy car. I mean, I got a Kia, like, you know, and, and it's like, I'm good with it. I like it. It's a nice style. It's comfortable. Cops don't bug me. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but there's, if I wanted to get a badass car, it's going to be a badass old school muscle car. Just, oh man. So well, my son, know, I, I right now. Thing. you know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, you're like, I don't like flashy cars, but I got a sweet ass Mustang. My Mustang costs less than the average SUV. I mean, right. it's not that's a great car. Not a I, remember, I remember when you got it. Um, but we were in this, we were in this Ford dealership, and there was a 1957 Ford Thunderbird convertible that is just so pristine and badass. And I was like, oh man, how much is that? Oh, 120 thousand dollars. Like, damn. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot. But it's really sweet. That car is badass. Sweet ass convertible like that. That's gonna turn heads. I like I like I don't care about that though. I was like, that's a I just want a badass muscle car someday. I probably like a Challenger or something. Sixty nine, seven. You know, when, when I was shopping for cars, the the first time um, that I went to look for a sports car, uh, I looked at Fords, of course, the Mustang. I looked at the Dodge Challenger, and I looked at the um, what's the um, the Chevy one? Camaro. The Camaro, yes. No, not the Camaro. The, the other one's like a Batmobile. Oh, the, the Corvette? The Cor- no, maybe it was a I don't even remember. Anyway, I tried them all, and the, the Challenger actually felt, 
I don't know, more plastic to me. And it's mm-hmm. some, I just really pissed off some <laughs> Dodge. What? What? Oh, the challenger well, i'm um, talking like 1970 challenger oh yeah the old ones so my uh my ford mustang is a 2015 and i drive so little that it's going to be six years old and my last payment will be um the end of november and it's got less than twelve thousand miles on it <laughs> that's nice you'll be able to sell that for a pretty penny then yeah, with such a low you know what else sold for a pretty penny? Check out this segue. <laughs> is in the news, and she made a she made a drawing of her cat. It's a digital painting of her cat called Munchkin, and it was auctioned off on a Ethereum based platform called Cryptograph, which I'm not familiar with. It sold for forty ETH, which is about seventeen thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! In your speech, so there's there's a, there's a link to her tweet that says. Today, I'm auctioning off my cryptograph of Munchkin to benefit three amazing charities. The auction is live now for the next 72 hours. And she's actually drawing it on her iPad as she goes. And that becomes the NFT. And, uh, I mean, it's got starry eyes and she's drawing her cat. Wow. Okay. Cryptograph.co was where it is. You know what? It brings it – brings, uh nfts into the news and i'm fine with that it is uh that's it's fine that cat her cat is really cute and she's sitting there playing around i think that was a really good impersonation you did of her right thank you oh my god enjoy my cat like stop it you nft she made so hot that's a there's a like a real crypto kitty right there Uh, our last story for the week is about social media and of course we talk about all the time how censorship is a problem and privacy is a problem and owning your content is a problem. There's a number of sites out there. And this is a, a new one that I have not heard of before called Ignite. Uh, and it is a decentralized microblogging platform. And they're looking for blockchain to be a solution against state-sponsored censorship because there's way too much of it today. Have you heard of this one yet, Trev? Well, you know what? We, I have not, but breaking news. We got a new podcast called Ignite News. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually create um, an account here, and I'm going to do it when we're we're done. There's a beta. It's beta.ignite.so. So, and uh, I, I like to try out all of these. Uh, what's really interesting, Travis, is today we just interviewed uh, Salah Zalatimo, the CEO mm-hmm. of Voice.com. And uh, for the EOS Voice News, that podcast is actually up now. You can go check out the video of it on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash bad crypto podcast, or just go to your podcast player and look for EOS Voice News. They're making some real headway there, and um, I'm liking the direction they're going. It's moving slowly, but it's moving methodically. And I I don't see them making any, you know, big mistakes. I see them making these slow adjustments because they're in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So very true. And it says this, it's unblockable. You cannot ban Ignite as long as you can't ban blockchain itself. There's no moderation or user bans. Data is stored forever on the distributed data storage. Anonymous authentication through blockchain and um, as I see here on the very first post, it's uh, somebody there saying um, something about uh, a meme ab- about LGBT. It says, suck my rainbow. 
right? So it's like there's definitely no moderation going on here by scrolling down. It's like I think in some cases some moderation is good because you know even when we have our own Zoom calls, like we had our we had our hero report, and then somebody jumped into Zoom and was drawing penises on the background with the annotations on. So like there's always trolls out there that are going to try to ruin everything. They so, weren't even anatomically correct. I mean, it was disproportionate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just, it's, it just seemed, yeah. Like it wasn't, uh, wasn't even legit. So I don't know. <laughs> Big fail on the penis drawing today, folks. Somebody, but was, uh, I'm just saying there's gotta be some way to at least curate the content better. So I can, so I don't have to see stupid stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And that is a problem, right? If if a certain side, whatever side they're on, feels like they are being untreated, like they're being treated unfairly and they go elsewhere, well, it only makes sense that you're going to see, uh, you know, predominantly their views on a different platform. And so then they can easily as a mainstream dismiss it and say, oh, well, that's just a place for a left wing or that's just a place for a right wing. Well, yes, because you've chased them off of your platform. And so that makes perfect sense. Can't we all just get along? I wish we could. It would be nice if we could get along. But it seems that in a lot of times it does not seem to work that way. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. And the people take it, take a lot of stuff to heart. And, you know, social media is really good at getting people riled up. Mm, uh, I was actually sure. watching a, a, a band documentary um, earlier today. Or actually, it was last night. I watched this band documentary talking about how a, a lot of that stuff is they, they try to get people to get all freaked out on, on and divided on social media. It's one of the mechanisms of it. It's really, really helpful in their cause to move forward narratives and agendas. Grr, 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 anger. Well, uh, there's one more piece of good news, gang, and that is that NFT Day 2020 is just a little more than a week away. Lots of you have gone and purchased your tickets. If you go to nftday.com, we're going to be hosting it, and uh, we're going to have uh, a William uh, from uh, from Wax. We're going to have Tobin from Tops. William from Wax and Tobin from Tops. I like that. That's great. That's really solid right there. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of other speakers talking about the future of digital collectibles. Gang, we are moving very quickly from having dabbled with NFTs to having released a very successful uh, non-fungible token digital collectible product to we are about to really start leading the way in this space. Uh, no joke. The, the innovations that are coming, the things that we're doing already are, um, are, are leading the pack. And we really want you guys to come with us. Come see what we're doing. Come participate. Come play. Help to onboard family and friends that you want to learn about this digital blockchain space. Because, you know, making money, we've done. And it's great to make money. It's good to be able to pay your bills. It's nice to say, hey, this is a successful business. But we are about pioneering this space and, and impacting it in a positive way. And uh, we want to bring as much of bad cryptopia with us as possible. Yeah, I, I don't want to tutor on horns, but we're pretty amazing. Um, no. <laughs> no, I just want to say, I think you know what? It's been it's fun. It's it it's really fun. cool. It's a really fun, cool technology that we're having fun playing with. It, it's not work to us. We're really enjoying the process. And the community is unbelievable. That's the thing that excites me the most is how much happiness we bring our community. You know what I mean? So much happiness. Everybody. I love that. I love that. They're having fun with it. And we're doing new stuff as we can to help the, the, 
to bring him joy and delight. And that's in the process. Or I think it's because we got these marketing minds. Like we've done a lot of stuff in a lot of different areas. And so it's like we're able to connect the dots because of all these different skills that we've stacked. And it's like we can see how other things can apply to this and, and repurpose stuff. I think NFTs are going to be just ginormous, folks. And if you haven't jumped on to understand it yet, OpenSea.io has a great NFT Bible on non-fungible tokens. Just type in NFT Bible on uh, your favorite search engine and you'll see there's an OpenSea. Uh, uh, it's, a really, it's a really big post, but that'll really help you sort of understand what's going on. And I think that it's uh, something you should pay attention to. NFTday.com. It's free, but if you buy the uh, the VIP tickets, you get all kinds of NFTs, and a lot of them are going to be in your goodie bag. So we recommend that you do that. And, uh, you know, as long as you're out there, do good and stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. I'm doing the pirate's heart on my voice there, matey. For episode number 437 of the Bad Crypto. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard on my voice.